Because one thing I've noticed, and I'm sure you noticed as well, is that there is a there seems to be anyway a cause and effect relationship to much that we do in life. For example, if I have the sniffles and I come and shake your hand, then the effect will be then you will get sick as well. That's just unfortunately the way it works. And uh, although there are, there are many relationships that uh, between cause and effect, and philosophically there's different ways to interpret that, it seems that we do live in a world of action and reaction. For example, if the choir sings a song, it produces a reaction within you. You react in a certain way. Or if your child brings home a report card, you know, depending on what's on, what's on that report card, you know, it will definitely produce a reaction in you. Or if you take hot water and you run it through ground up coffee beans, it produces a reaction that we, we love to drink, at least many of us, at least I know we do in the office here. And uh, when you receive, even when you receive encouragement from someone that you're in a relationship with, when you receive encouragement, it, it produces a reaction in you. Or if someone does wrong to you, it produces a reaction. And so there are many instances that it seems that, that you know, when you put certain things together, it causes a reaction. And this is true in both uh, nature as well as in our relationships. And I think this is true even in our relationship with God. There seems to be this cause and effect relationship. There seems to be a reaction to every action that is, that's carried out. And what we're going to see this morning from Genesis chapter 47 and 48, as well as the verse that we're going to look at in Hebrews 11, verse 21, is that when God acts, it causes a reaction in you and in me. And so from these selections of Scripture, I want to look at two things. I want to look at how does God act, and then I want to see what are the reactions that that act of God produces in our lives. So first let's look at the, the saving action of God. And to give context to this verse that we're going to look at in, book, in the book of Hebrews, in 11, chapter 11, verse 21, I want us to go back in the book of Genesis and see the saving act of God in Jacob's grandfather, his father, and in Jacob himself. If you go back to Genesis chapter 12, God blesses Jacob's grandfather Abraham and tells him the following in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then God reaffirms that same type of blessing to Jacob's father, Isaac, in Genesis 24, I mean 26, verse 4, when he says, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands and in your offspring all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And then God himself reaffirms this blessing to Jacob to which Jacob recounts in Genesis 48 verses 3 and 4 when he says, And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, 
Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a company of peoples, and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And so we see in each case, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God himself personally blesses these men. Now, what is the blessing that God gives Jacob and God gives Abraham as well as Isaac? What is this blessing? Well, it's really a twofold blessing. The first blessing is that, that these men will be able to be in a relationship with God. And so God brings them into himself, into his family. And the second blessing is that they, were, they are able to be in the stream of how God is going to redeem mankind. In other words, God has a story that he's un- unfolding in human history of how he's going to bring people to himself. And he blesses Jacob and allows him to be part of that story. And so those are the blessings that Jacob receives. And so for us, we are blessed as well when we receive Jesus Christ because it's through Jesus Christ that we are blessed by being in the people of God. And when God blessed Jacob, part of that blessing was that the Messiah, the the deliverer of God's people, Jesus Christ himself, would come through the lineage of Jacob. And then for us, on the other side of Jesus Christ, we get to come into the same blessing that Jacob experienced through faith in Jesus Christ. And it is this blessing that you and I get to be a part of the people of God and be involved in the purpose of God that is this cause or this action of God, this blessing that we're talking about. And I want you to listen to how Paul connects how God blesses Jacob and Isaac and Abraham to how God blesses you and me. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, this is what he says. He says, Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And then in verses 13 and 14 he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. And you see how Paul links these blessings together that God blessed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God blesses us with a very similar blessing through Jesus Christ. That we are connected with the people of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul tells the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So we clearly see that we obtain the blessing of God through Jesus Christ. So the first thing we need to ask ourselves is, do we have faith in Jesus Christ? Because that is the only way that we get access to to being part of God's family and get to participate willfully, joyfully in God's purposes for the world. Now, this blessing of being placed in a right relationship with God, as well as being placed in this stream of you know, God's redemptive purpose for mankind, God's purposes for the world. 
This is the cause. This blessing of God is the cause that produces these effects in Jacob's life that the writer of Hebrews mentions in chapter 11, verse 21. This is what he says. He says, By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. And we see that through the blessing of Jacob, you know, God blesses Jacob, and it produces at least two reactions. So the saving act of God in the life of Jacob produces at least two reactions in Jacob's life. The first one is vertical, and the second one is horizontal. The first response, the first vertical response that we have is one of worship, and that horizontal response is one of blessing. So let's look at the first reaction. When we, by the grace of God, experience salvation, the first reaction we have is one of worship. We worship God for what He's done. And we see this in Jacob's life. As he blesses the sons of Joseph, it says he bows on the head of his staff in worship. And you know, we see this in Jacob's life, but we also see this in the lives of people all throughout history who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You know, they've tasted the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. They respond in worship. And we see it with uh, the 19th century uh, slave trader, John Newton. This is a man who was living a life apart from God, selling people into slavery. And yet God gripped his heart by his grace and he was changed. He placed his faith in Christ. He experienced the saving act of God. And his response, at least one of the responses, is to write that famous hymn, Amazing Grace. It's like he had to somehow verbalize you know, the greatness of God and, and what God did for him through Jesus Christ. And so he, he wrote this hymn, as well as he did many other things. But the point is, when God blesses us with grace, that we can be part of God's people, the first reaction is a vertical one. It's, it's one of worship. And there are a few reasons why this saving act of God causes us to worship. The first of all, the first reason, is that He's forgiven us of our sin. And so if you've experienced forgiveness from God, it's going to prompt you to worship Him. You know, He's given you eternal life. He's given you the Holy Spirit to make you more like Jesus. He's put you in a community of people, of believers, called the church. Which is a great reason to worship Him for what He's done. And the second reason that we should respond in worship, and we will respond in worship if we have tasted His grace, and that is, we become, it becomes clearer who God is. You know, His, his attributes, His character, the person of God becomes clearer to us, and it prompts us to worship Him. We catch a glimpse of who He is. We worship Him because He's worthy of worship. And you know, we worship God not just here on Sunday mornings or not just when we sing a song about God, but rather we should be worshiping God with our lives. You know, God is first in our lives. And Paul tells the Roman Christians in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, you know, because you have tasted and experienced the mercies of God, this is the cause, the effect is that you should present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual worship. So we worship God not just with our voices or with our gatherings, but we worship God with our lives. Our lives should reflect the fact that God is in, in the first place in our life. And this is, this is our initial reaction when we experience God's grace through Jesus Christ. It's, it's a vertical reaction. It's one of worship. And the second reaction is a horizontal reaction. And we are blessed by God through Christ. We begin to be a blessing to those around us. And we see this in Hebrews eleven twenty one again. It says, By faith Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. So it says, the writer, the writer of Hebrews says that Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. And if you go back into the book of Genesis, you realize that God not only blesses the sons of Joseph, but later blesses all of the sons. And you see it with Abraham, you see it with Isaac. There's this idea that they want to be a blessing to the generations that come after them. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, you know, how are we as believers in Christ, if you have trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've experienced the blessing of knowing God, how are you passing along that blessing to other people? We see Jacob in this passage being a blessing to those around him. And we know God told Abraham that the reason I'm blessing you, Abraham, is so that you can be a blessing. You can be a blessing to the nations. And we know that primarily comes through our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We are blessed to be a blessing. And you know, there are a few things that you can give away that actually doesn't cause a decrease. So for example, blessing is one of those unique things that by giving it away, actually causes it to increase. So by being a blessing to others, the blessing you experience actually increases. And we see this in the scripture. In Acts 20.35, Paul says, In all things I have shown you, that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how He Himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, why would he say something like that if it wasn't true? It's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. In other words, you experience God's blessings the way they are meant to be experienced when you share them rather than when you hoard them. And we see this in the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that they passed the blessing of God on to the generations after them. And so how are we passing on the blessings that God gives us? How do we pass on the blessing of knowing God, sharing the gospel with other people, as well as all the things that God gives us? How are we passing that along? See, the problem is we tend to hoard God's blessings. We tend to try to keep them all to ourselves. And, and I think what we, what we think is that you know, by, by hoarding God's blessing and, and just trying to keep it all to ourselves... Somehow we, we will get to actually enjoy it more or enjoy them more when the scripture actually teaches the exact opposite. And Jesus illustrates this point when he told a parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 
through verse 21, which says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. See, the blessings of God are not meant to be hoarded. You know, there's this uh, reality TV show on the A&E network. It's called Hoarders. It's about people who they, they cannot let go of their possessions. So every time they, they, they get into possession of something, they're given something, they buy something, they can't let it go. Regardless of the perceived value from the outside, it could be a piece of trash or it could be something very valuable. It doesn't matter. They just hoard it all together into their house to the point where it starts to threaten their marriages, their family, and even their lives. You know, people were dying because they had filled their house full of so much stuff. There was one, there was one event where uh, a lady's house caught on fire. And they couldn't get to her because there was so much stuff piled up in their house. And so this, this show is about people that just hoard their possessions to such a degree that it threatens those around them and even themselves. And what is meant to be a, a blessing, certain items, certain possessions that are meant to be a blessing, turn out to be a curse. Because, because of using them and sharing them, they just hoard them all together. And it becomes a curse because instead of sharing it with other people, being a blessing to other people, it actually pushes people away and harms people. Now, I may come in your house... You know, and not see this type of scenario, perhaps. I make, we make a walk in your house and, you know, you wouldn't be classified as a hoarder. But I wonder if we, you know, took a journey into your heart. You know, what would we see? Is your heart cluttered full of things other than Christ? Would we find your heart busy building bigger barns? Or would we see in your heart that there's this stream that's flowing, that's allowing the blessing of God just to go through your life to all those around you? See, this is the horizontal reaction of experiencing the saving grace of God in Jesus Christ. It produces two reactions. It produces worship 
And it produces this idea that I am blessed to be a blessing to those around me. I want to conclude by making one more point. And that is this. Trying to worship God or to properly bless those around you without being blessed yourself by saving, by saving faith in Jesus Christ is like trying to play football without the ball. You know, you can put the pads on, you can draw out the plays, you know, you can run around the field, but unless you, unless you have the football, you're not playing the game. And so if you want to worship God, and if you want to properly enjoy the things that He gives you by sharing with other people, the only way you can properly do that is if you have been blessed through saving faith in Jesus Christ. Because you cannot worship the person you do not know, and you cannot give away what you do not have. And so, in order for us to see these reactions, the reaction of truly worshiping God for who He is and what He's done, and for us to be able to be open-handed with all the blessings that God gives us, and that includes the gospel itself, as well as everything else God gives us, we must first be blessed with saving faith in Jesus Christ. And it's my prayer that each of you desire that. And that each of you have that. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you this morning in worship. Because of your inexpressible grace that you have just extended to us through Jesus Christ. Not because we're so good, but actually just, just the opposite. We could not make our way to you. We could not earn our way to you. We could not deal with our sin problem apart from you. And because of your love for us, you have extended grace, mercy, forgiveness, and love to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that each of us would experience knowing you through him by faith and that you would create these reactions in our lives, that we would worship you with our lives, all that we do, and that we would share all that you give us so that we can be a blessing to those around you, around us, for you. Lord, we just pray your Holy Spirit would do a great work in our lives and our hearts because of the teaching of your word. And we trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.